This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 30th, 2021. The five T's of discipleship, telling others. Well, good morning, Connection Church. And welcome here at home, online, wherever you might be. So good to be with each and every one of you this morning. So today is our final week of the five T's of discipleship. Today, our fifth T is telling others. Good morning, Connection. It is so good to see each and every one of you. And you on the other side, I'm not sure who's on, but I know Tim in Arizona is on. And we've got Dana and Teddy. Hey, Ted, hope you're feeling better. Ted had a kidney transplant. It's public. I'm not blowing a pastoral confidence here. And he's doing really well. And we are continuing to pray for you, Ted. And we've got Sheila and Seaford and Dot and Carol. And there are others who are joining us. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are honored and blessed that you're here with us. This morning, we want to say a special welcome to pastors. It's a clergy couple, I think. Paul. Thank you for joining us on your day off, I guess. So we're honored that you're here. You got, you know, another colleague sitting right over here, too. There's Barb. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just want to give a COVID update. So this is the last day, if you did register, the last day you have to register. No more registration. Yeah, yeah. We're moving one step at a time. We will have um, a team, though, uh, Michelle and Dot, who will greet you when you come in. And if you have children, we still need to get the, the label, the tags, uh, before they go back to nursery or to the gym. So that'll be checking, but you don't actually have to sign up online. Baby steps, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and pray together. Bow your heads, please. Thank you, Lord, for this day. It's rainy outside, but the sun sure is shining, and there is no one but you. And so as we settle in, Lord, wherever we are, whether we're here at 4744 Summit Bridge Road or whether we're at home or at work or on the road, Lord, touch us, uh, remove any distraction so that we can be ever closer to you. We pray this. In the name of the Father and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. I forgot to say something. Sorry. Go ahead. Guess who's in the house? Barb Rotina. Welcome back, Barb. Where are you? There you are. Be sure to say hi to Barb um, as you're going out today. Mm. All right. So, you know, um, when we finally stop saying no to the relationship that Jesus died to give us, when we invite Jesus into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, into our very lives, when we stop running and we say yes, Jesus, yes, to the free gift of salvation that he gives, that moment is not the end. That's not the end point, but it's actually the beginning. It's the beginning. And it's, um, it's the beginning of an aspect of God's grace known as sanctification. Say sanctification. Sanctification. Yeah, that's a kind of a church. I didn't hear you guys at home. Very good. Okay, that's a kind of a churchy word, you know. It's the process 
where we get ever closer to God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, ever closer to being the person God had in mind when God first thought of us. So to be sanctified, sanctification, to be sanctified means to be set apart, to be made holy, to be consecrated for God's use. So discipleship, which we've been talking about, discipleship goes hand in hand with sanctification. To be a disciple means to be a follower, to be an imitator. <clears throat> to be a disciple of Jesus means that Jesus is the example. He's the one who we follow. Jesus is our mentor. Jesus is our teacher. Jesus is our rabbi. As such, we work to imitate him. We try to do what he does. We try to say what he says and act like he acts. He, his ultimate, our ultimate goal is to not merely do the doing and the acting, but to have the spirit of Jesus woven deep into us, into our soul, into our DNA, into our very being. So when people see us, we pray that they see Jesus. So over the past few weeks, we've talked about some of the things we can do to help develop us as disciples. We've talked about transformational prayer, prayer that will transform us. We've talked about spiritual time together. We've talked about tithing our treasure. We've talked about using our talents, gifts, and abilities. Uh, and those are some things that help us to be imitators of Jesus Christ. Telling others, what we're talking about this morning, telling others about Jesus is an absolutely crucial part of discipleship. In fact, telling others is really one of the more important aspects of being a, a disciple. In the Bible, it is talked about over and over and over again. We're going to reference three of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus tells his disciples to tell the story, to share the good news. And so let's take a look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Say the last line with me. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age Amen. So that's the promise. As we go off and do that, it's verbs. Can you see that? It's go, make, baptize, teach. And the cool thing is, as we do that, he will be with us to the very end of the age. So it's about sharing what we know about Jesus, what we've experienced, how our life is, is different. I was like this before Jesus, I'm like this now that I stake my very life on him. Now, I just need to pause for a moment, Alan, because I was brought up in a, in a Christian home, so I don't have like a date and a time where I wasn't a believer and then I was. I, it was really, I grew to understand who Jesus was, whose I am more and more, and then one day I'm like, 
yeah, like he's my whole life. But I didn't have this mountaintop uh, lightning thing where I wasn't and I was. But there comes a point where when I realized, yeah, he's it, then that's time for me, for us, to share the good news, to tell mm. others. You know, anyway, so that's my story too. So Matthew has what we call the Great Commission, but Mark also has a similar kind of commission. As, and here's where we have Mark 16, 15 to 16, this is the New International Version. And he, Jesus, said to them, his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Wow. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but who does not believe will be condemned. Preach the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ to every creature. And he's not meaning stand up on Sunday morning, you know, here and be the preacher person. Preaching it means to share it, to share that good news with everybody, everybody, every creature in the world. Tell others. So we've looked at what the writers Matthew and Mark say. Let's take a look at what Luke shares. Then he, Jesus, said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses. Say witnesses. Witnesses, yes. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Mm, the Holy Spirit power there, hey? Amen, amen. So, you are witnesses, Jesus says to his followers at the time, but we're followers too, aren't we? He's talking to us as well. You know, what a witness does in the court of law, a witness tells what they know, what they've seen, what they've heard. In this case, they share their eyewitness account of the good news of Jesus Christ. And in each of these accounts given to us by Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus gives his followers their marching orders. And that includes us. Tell others about so, you know, this idea of telling others the good news of the Holy One, it is not anything brand new. It didn't just come with the New Testament. We find several places in the Old Testament as well, like in the Psalms. Check this out. This is Psalm 96, verses 2 and 3, New Living Translation. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day, proclaim the good news that he saves publish his glorious deeds among the nations tell everyone about the amazing thing things he does tell everyone about the amazing things he does this god of salvation what that means in our lives and this is and i love the version of it publish his glorious deeds among the nations mm. and then um, the prophet isaiah Here's a similar sentiment, Isaiah 52, verse 7, New International Version. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace 
who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. But we're going to change that to our God reigns. Say it with me. Our, our God, God reigns. reigns. Our God reigns. Sharing the good news, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. Proclaiming peace and salvation. Over and over and over again, we see this both in the Old Testament and the New Testament where we are called to proclaim the good news, to preach the gospel, to tell whoever we can, whenever we can, about the saving grace of Jesus. God saved me in a miraculous way a couple years ago. I didn't even know I was as desperate and I needed saving, but there was, I can name the date and the time when I realized this grace and mercy to a greater degree. And that's part of my story now, where I share with some others. Now, when we take a look at the Old Testament, there are sacrifices that were needed. We, we read it, and it's like, wow, that's kind of, ugh. But it's no, not needed anymore because Jesus came. He's the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice. His death on the cross has paid the price for our sins, for your sin, for my sin. We couldn't earn that ourselves. We're not good enough. We can't do it. We don't deserve it. Do we deserve somebody dying for us? No. All we can do is accept it, the greatest gift that we could ever receive, ever, ever be offered, the greatest gift that we could ever possibly receive. See, here's the thing, too. When we get great gifts, we tell others about them, don't we? Think about a really cool gift you got sometimes. It was hard to kind of keep to yourself. It's hard to keep to yourself when you're going to give somebody a gift and, and you, you want to keep the secret. It's hard, isn't it? Because cool gifts are just tough not to share. It's because it's just too good to keep to ourselves. And um, I'll give you an example, like a camera. You have to use this example. Before Carrie gave me this camera that was way out of our normal uh, gift-giving budget. You know what I'm saying with that? Like, our normal budget's here, and this camera was here. It was like nuts. And, um, uh, and, and what was the first thing I did with a camera? Uh, I, I had to tell somebody. You know, it's just, it's just a cool gift. I had to share it. But, but then I did more than just tell somebody. I, I, accept, I had accepted it, but then I used it. I put it to use. I took it out of the box. I checked it out, and I used it. Oh, have I used it? Tens of thousands of pictures later, I have used, and I continue to use it, and I continue to tell people like I'm doing right now what an awesome gift it was, extravagant, something I probably would not have bought for myself because, like I say, it was out of our normal gift budget. And so what a great gift. Gifts are, are, are hard not to talk about when they're awesome gifts. It's tough to keep it to ourselves, isn't it? That was so much fun, like, to, like, get $10 and, you know, put it aside and, you know, accumulate the, the funds over time and, you know, to be a little sneaky. It was so happy. It was so much fun to give this to him. And I've enjoyed watching him use the gift. But as great as that gift is, that is not the greatest gift that he's ever received. Actually, it pales in comparison because the greatest gift that Alan's received, that I've received, that you can receive or you have received is the gift of salvation, that saving grace uh, from Jesus, eternal life, eternal life that he gave us on the cross. It's new life. The old's gone. 
The new has come. We're free. We're emancipated. It's incredible. We are slaves no more to our own sin. There is no greater gift than that. I, I sacrificed to get Alan that camera, but that is nothing, I mean, it's ridiculous to even put that in any kind of sentence when I'm talking about the sacrifice of the one holy God for you and for me. Oh my gosh, it is so much fun to watch when we see a light bulb <clears throat> go, go on in, in people and friends. And I know that some of you are smiling and you've seen it too. Like when somebody just kind of like, I get it or I experience it or I, oh my gosh, I feel the redemptive love of Jesus, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. But it's like, it is so fun to watch God work mm. or to experience it ourselves. And how people just can't keep it to themselves. Yeah. They just got to They can't hold it in. Share it. Unfortunately, that initial excitement, you know, when you come to a relationship with Jesus and that need to share doesn't always last. And 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 the and, and that gift we talked about so much at first like the camera. We don't mention as often. Things that happens with camera, unfortunately, happen sometimes with uh, connection with Jesus as well. You know, up front, <sighs> and then with time, we kind of chill a little bit. We, I mean, it's not that we don't have that relationship, but that initial excitement kind of wanes. Uh, I mean, we still love him. And we certainly love the gift of salvation he's given us, but that initial excitement wears off maybe a little. But here's the thing. When it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us, it's just as important 10 years later as it was the moment we realized that relationship the first time. And why is that? Unlike a camera or any other awesome gift you've been given, the gift of salvation, as Carrie just said, is the greatest gift we'll ever receive. And as such, it should still excite us to the same level as it did initially. But more than that, more than the excitement of the gift, is the need for others to hear it. The need for others to be told, to have us share the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's how Paul expresses this in his letter to the church at Rome. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Mm. How can they call on him? The him there is Jesus. <laughs> how can they believe in him? Oh, gosh, <laughs> the him is Jesus. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring that good news. You, me, we're the messengers. We're the messengers. We're the ones Jesus is counting on to share that good news. It's important, important it's crucial for us to remember that you might, I might be the only Bible that person gets to see or have experienced that day. 
Or he might be the only Bible they have contact with. Back to the Great Commission in Matthew and the marching orders Jesus gives us in there and in Mark and in Luke that we shared just a couple of minutes ago. It's like we find here at church, the greatest invitation is always word of mouth. You know, we invite people for Christmas or Easter. We send out all kinds of postcards and stuff, but we like to give you all postcards because the greatest invitation is always going to be that one-on-one when you talk to somebody else, person to person. Always someone who has found the water telling someone who's thirsty where to get a drink. That's always going to be more powerful than anything else. Those who found water telling somebody who's thirsty where to get the drink. Think about it. Most of us are here because someone gave us some kind of a personal invitation in some way or other. I'm here because my parents gave me a personal invitation. Now, in my case, it was one of those invitations that's more like being voluntold. Because like Carrie, I never remember not being in church. So thank the Lord for my parents. You know, thank the Lord for, for mom and dad. But I'm, you know, even though I was volunteered, I'm here, aren't I? Because somebody told me about Jesus. How about you? How about you? There's lots of ways to invite to witness, to share the good news with others. Of course, there's kind of the straight up, tell somebody your story, how Jesus changed your life, how things are different when you met Jesus, the before and the now. There's a great story in scripture about this. It's in the book of John chapter nine. You might've heard it before. It's about a, a man born blind at birth. And he received sight from Jesus and some religious leaders, they were called Pharisees, they started just hounding this guy, saying there's no way it could have been Jesus who would, you know, they just disregarded this whole miracle thing, this whole healing thing. And this guy stood up, it was very gutsy, and he said, whether he, Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, And now I see. (laughs) I was blind, and now I see. So there's a lot of ways that we can share, I was blind, but after meeting Jesus, I can see. Or in my case, as I continue to lean into my relationship with Jesus, I was blind to this aspect of of my sin. I spent some time reading the Word or being in Bible study or praying or meditating or riding my bike or whatever, and I'm open to the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit says, Carrie, what are you doing? And it's like putting new glasses on, and then I am changed. So... Our story, we have like these little mini conversions all the time. It's not a one and done. And so that can be our story. I was blind and now I see as believers in Jesus Christ. Here's the thing about um, Jesus coming into our life and being able to share with others. Once we've met Jesus, 
We are no longer consumed with fear. We are no longer tied up in guilt. We are no longer sinking in despair. We are no longer overcome with the hurt of wounds from the past. That's because Jesus came to free us, to break the chains. We are no longer prisoners, but we can be free in the love and the mercy and the grace of Jesus who came to save us. And so it's important to tell others. It's crucial, in fact. But it's also important that our words are supported by our actions, as Bill was saying in that bump before the message here. How we live our lives, how we treat others, especially those who are different than we are, those who think different, who act different, believe different. It's, you know, when we're able to treat others not only with dignity and respect, but with love, unconditional love, you know, that, that agape love that we talk about with Jesus, especially those who see the world radically different from the way you see it, the way I see it, when we're able to love and not judge, to accept and not condemn, wow. Now, pe- people start wondering, who are you? <laughs> who are you and how can you be so different it's like Bill was talking about at work you know how can you be so calm in the storm how can you treat me the way you do when we see the world so different from one another and then they see us and and they start and then they they want a piece of what we got say wow I, I want some of that to the point of even asking us what it is that causes us to be so different and giving us that opportunity to be the messengers of that good news. How beautiful are the feet. So I'm pushing the pause button again for a moment. I want to share about an experience that we had a couple years ago. As Christians, sometimes we are our own worst enemies in sharing about Jesus because our words and our actions could alienate others. You might know what I mean if you're on social media. So Alan and I were at a pro-life rally in Dover a couple years ago, and we were having a very productive conversation with our state representative. We were sharing our heart. Our state representative wasn't of the same mind as we are, but he gave us some time and it was really, really, I would just use the word productive. He was listening. He was listening. Next thing we know, in the middle of our conversation, a brother in the faith interrupts us gets in this representative's face, says things that weren't necessarily untrue, but the way that he said them, it was just so horrible and so mean. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And the representative who we knew looked at us, put his hands up and said, I'm done, and walked away. And I'm like, 
This is not the way we're supposed to act. <laughs> this is horrible. And so we can disagree on things, and we do. But we have to treat one another with respect no matter what. And some of this stuff that goes, I'm getting off right now on this. <laughs> some of this stuff that we as Christians put on social media and just beat other people down, it's flat out wrong. And I pray that y'all, because you're here, you're part of Connection, so... You know, somebody might read that and say, did you know that person was part of Connection Church and they're saying that kind of stuff? Don't do it. <laughs> because that's not who we are. That's not our DNA. We're here to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Yes, there's truth. And yes, we'll stand on the truth. But we're not here to condemn, berate, tear somebody down. That's, that's not what... We do. So we lost our opportunity mm. to talk to the rep in a way that we thought could have been very helpful. Mm. And our done. hope is to open doors, not slam them in people's faces. Yeah. Because when we get it right, when, when we're able to do that, wow. Wow. People might even be drawn to you. To the joy in your life that Jesus brings. This guy didn't have any joy, for one thing. No. He had anger. That doesn't draw people, does it? Anger doesn't draw people. Joy does. And when we're allowed people to see the joy that Jesus brings in our life, again, they say, I want some of that. A peace that, that you realize is thanks to the gift of salvation that Jesus has given you. That peace that passes all understanding. That joy, not happiness, Happiness is a fleeting emotion. That joy is that deep in your soul knowledge that you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and God is with you and everything's going to somehow be okay. And, and people see that and they closely watch because they know you're different in a good way. You're different and they want that for themselves. And before you know it, a door opens. It doesn't slam shut. A door opens and you're able to gently and confidently share what it is that makes you different. Gently and confidently tell them who Jesus is. Not shout in their face and smack them upside the head with epithets that are ugly. Gently and confidently tell them who Jesus is and how he has changed your life for the better. You're in the position, in the words of John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, to offer them Christ. So our question for the morning is this. Are you ready to tell others? Are you ready to offer them Christ? We challenge you to look for the opportunities that God puts in front of you and walk through those doors. God's promise is that I will be with you always, and that's even in our conversations about his one and only son. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it, let's believe it, and let's share it. Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for these words in Matthew and Mark and Luke about how 
It's not really a suggestion, it's a command. Go, tell, make, teach, baptize. In my name, Lord, in all we do, we just want to lift you up and glorify you. And God, so oftentimes you just give us opportunities to just have a a kind and gentle spirit in a situation. And we don't even have to utter your name because I pray, Lord, that people see something different and realize it's you. God, thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for saving us, and for opportunities to go and tell. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.